Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more likely to be disappointing than a Cardinal offseason. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. This is going to be a good Cardinals offseason, Nate. You know what? You've convinced me. I agree. <laughs> and this week... We are going to be talking about some of the recent Cardinal news. We're going to continue to talk about our predictions and expectations for this offseason. And we're going to talk about some news and notes from around the league. an idea for the opening joke tweet us at talk about birds uh ben we've got a lot to talk about we always have too much to talk about big show nate big, big show, show. we wow. got a big show um let's go ahead and bring our guest in <laughs> yeah elon musk <laughs> there he is all right <laughs> we can well, we pull got the stars we, we, we still him. have the credibility in the industry to pull the big names elon what gives you the right <laughs> Oh, son of a diamond miner. Okay. Son of a diamond miner. Son of a diamond miner. It does sound um, like an old timey curse, but it's just real. Bastard, son of a diamond miner. <laughs> God. <laughs> wow, we're off to a great start today. Immediately, um, yeah. But we do. We have, uh, despite it being the offseason, we still have a fair amount of things to talk about. And uh, before we do, though, I have an exciting conclusion to a saga that I don't think I've talked about on the show at all, but I'm going to, I was going to say, did I, you steal somebody else's backpack and then blame somebody else on it? What are you talking about? <laughs> you like, a few weeks ago, you stole somebody's backpack and then you claimed oh. to return it to them after you stole the yeah. uh, laptop from them. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I did. I've mm -hmm. been going around and I steal stuff from people and then I hold it ransom yep. and I get, and then I kill them. Smart. Um, Get the money and the yayo. Um, <laughs> so there's a, for the last several months, so actually since we've lived where we live now, there's been this stray cat that has been sort of passing through our backyard and um, really cute cat. And we're, Molly and I are both big cat people. We have one cat and, uh, it Molly's also a big bird person. <laughs> you know, she's a giant bird. And um so we have like a lot of bird feeders and stuff. And this cat was eating some of the birds, which, you know, that's nature. That's what they do. You can't be mad at the cat. That's how so baseball thought, go, yeah. That's how baseball go. So we thought, well, we'll start feeding the cat a little bit to maybe distract it from from attacking the birds. And it was mildly successful but of course we know and everyone knows what happens when you start feeding like a stray cat right yeah. that now they're just gonna hang that's your out. cat yeah that's your cat now right yeah. and um which is cool is but it's very very skittish cat sure um but seemingly very like gentle but like just never like anytime we'd come outside it'd run away but over the last few months it's been getting slowly and slowly more um like more considerate of us being around like more um allowing of us being around all the way up to the point where now we're petting this cat molly picks it up holds it um and we decide all right we're re we're getting this cat inside st louis has terrible weather in the winter 
it's obviously done an okay job surviving out in the um out in the elements but it seems to want to come to our house it's now it's like hanging out like literally laying against our back door oh you know and like you're the food haver so that that makes sense and we come outside and it runs from the woods or the woods. So I'm in the city. It runs from yeah, the de- two like trees de- in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. It comes from the deeper part of our backyard to the, to the, you know, to the door. It clearly like wants to be around us. It's a people person cat. If that makes sense. People person um, cat. No, that doesn't make sense, but I know what you're trying to say. I think it makes sense. People so, person cat. I'm a, yeah, it's a bird person. And okay. so the other night, it's sleeting here in St. Louis. Don't so miss already, that. Yeah, so we're already onto that. And uh, it's go time. And Ben, this cat yeah. is in this room with me. Oh. Right <laughs> so. <laughs> Yay. Is, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's still, you, when you have multiple cats, you. Um, yeah, you, you got to isolate. Yeah. Isolate. Yeah. yeah. But it's, um, it's right behind the couch that's right next to me. And. You'll it'll you'll probably hear it at some point yeah. on on the call because it is uh loud. Did you name but, it Nolan or ooh, Goldie? Ooh, both great options. Um, so we're actually trying to figure out what we're gonna do with that because first of all, we don't know uh if it's a boy or a girl. We're we're going to take it to the vet shortly. We also yeah. have to keep it isolated from other cat because we don't know if it's like fully healthy and disease ridden. Yeah. Um, uh, but very seems very, very healthy. Yeah. Um you know, you could just look at a cat and you can tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we all know this. I can and, smell uh, it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a little smelly in here right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, we were calling it Tux because it's a tuxedo cat. Oh, black and white. And it's got a nice little half mustache. He's it's wearing cool. a little suit. Yeah, we were calling him Tux. But that's oh, that was mostly just like identifier of the stray cat. Sure. There are others. There are other stray cats that come around. But none have like connected with us the way this one has. But we don't really like Tux as like a long term name for for it. But we also don't know if it's a boy or a girl. So after the vet, um, we will make a determination. But it's adjusting really well so far. We think it's going to enjoy living with us. You know, we're uh, we're not trying to abduct a random cat and force <laughs> it into our house. We really think it wanted to be here. You know yeah. and. And so far, so good. So uh, if you hear some meowing in the episode, that's what it is. And um, yeah, so we have a new cat now. Little baby Matt Carpenter. <laughs> uh, Matt, we're calling it Matt Adams. <laughs> oh, a chunker. Yeah. Actually, no, it's a pretty small cat. So okay. um, we'll call it uh, for call. Ooh, for call is kind of a good cat name. That is. It's got fire. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, if you have an idea for the cat name, we just have to talk about it. Yeah. All right. I just that, wanted to talk about that. You know, it's the most off season way to start a podcast is, <laughs> yeah. is that right there. Perfect. Talk, talk about my cat. Um, but we do have a fair amount of stuff to talk about. And, and it sounds uh, like this cat is interested in birds. So, well, I actually that's right in line with what we're talking here. I was actually a little worried about it. If we start talking about birds too much, I might get a little hungry. Get a little little claw across your face. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna come and attack me. <laughs> Careful! <laughs> you got birds out there. <laughs> um, I wonder if she ate a cardinal. Probably. 
Molly referred to birds as nature's sandwich mm. while we were talking about this. Wow. And <laughs> I don't, I've been, it's been stuck in my head now for yeah. like three hours. That might be one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. But uh, sure. The feathers, the bread. What does that That's even mean? That's yeah. exactly what I said. Are the feathers, the bread. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case it'd be more of like a burrito or a wrap yeah, or something it's so fully wrapped yeah. yeah i can't i cannot comprehend them your wife has lost her mind yeah well <laughs> we both have been scratched by this cat um yeah. at some point so maybe we're uh you know deep in a fit of of uh well cat scratch fever i suppose <laughs> you're quite the ted nugent <laughs> All Please right. No. <laughs> All right. We're moving on. Yeah. Then the the hot stove is lit. Oh, the pilot light is on. The oh, gas baby. is leaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not smelling it. The no. explosion is imminent. Get out of the house. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's lit, right? It feels like things yeah. are happening. We had we even had a move right before uh, Tasker Hernandez got uh, traded right before we started recording. Things are happening. Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah, there's usually the like burst of activity right after the after the uh, season ends with all your various qualifying offers, contract extensions, options picked up or not. Um, You know, some early moves, some things that were clearly being worked on through through the end of the season, being able to be pushed through. And uh, yeah, we're seeing a lot of that right now, Um, including with the Cardinals. You know, the Rule Five draft is coming up, so they have to protect some players, which we'll talk about and teams across the league are doing that um and then you know we'll get into the the dark times which is usually december and january things tend to really calm down before picking up again for the for the season um so yeah still plenty to talk about so how do you want to do this you want to jump in with uh some of the recent some of the recent news yeah yeah i think we just stick to the cards news to start off the app and then we can kind of work our way through but um you know we talked a little bit about connor thomas the undersized righty who had a great afl he was named afl pitcher of the year 170 ERA, 1.75 era over six games um and that resulted i mean he kind of had a middling year in triple a it was it was fine it wasn't great but obviously the cardinals saw something and they wanted him to go against that high level of competition and, and extend his uh, season in the AFL, the Arizona Fall League, and looked fantastic. And that led to him being that was like it was almost like a one to one. He he won the uh, AFL Pitcher of the Year and then got put on the Cardinals forty man to be pre- protected from the Rule Five Draft, which is interesting. I mean, I mean, obviously, like I'd love to hear the Cardinals speak a little bit more about why he was the one chosen, because I would think like Matthew Libertor would make a lot of sense to be in the AFL. Like he's a guy that's been looking for success all year and maybe against high level, you know, high end young talent would make sense. But it's curious to see how that all kind of played out. Obviously, you'd have to imagine this is exactly what the Cardinals were hoping for or or maybe even beyond what they were hoping for. Yeah, it's I think the AFL, it's, this isn't the rule, but for the most part, they're looking for people who have not yet played in the majors, and it's uncertain about, um, you know, what their level of prog- progression is. Like, are they ready for the majors right now, or do right. they need more time? Um, and so, Connor Thomas, I guess, fits that bill. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of him as fitting that bill, but obviously the Cardinals did. And then after that, it's sort of self-fulfilling because he did so well before the AFL, he might not have been a target from other teams for the Rule 5 draft. 
Um, but because he did so well, he now is, is would absolutely be a target. And so they had to add him into the 40 man yeah. in order to protect him from that draft. So it's, it's kind of self, it's like a little self-fulfilling cycle there that, um, you know, I, I wonder if he'd be on the 40 man right now if it wasn't for the AFL. But yeah, obviously, best case scenario, you're not sending guys there hoping that they'll struggle and not become targets of the <laughs> right. rule five, you know. So um I it definitely now he's on the 40 man. So that is obviously a fast track to getting into the majors. Um it doesn't always mean that. There's plenty of guys on the fringes of the 40 man who never make it into the majors, but with pitching, you know, it's almost there's often such a revolving door, especially like in the back half of the bullpen. And we've seen it with the Cardinals for years now, just throwing guys out there. You have to imagine that unless a lot of things come together for a lot of other guys or he really struggles out of the gates next year, like Connor Thomas will likely be in the majors next year at some point in yeah. some capacity. Yeah. And to quickly correct myself, I think I said he was a right-handed pitcher. He's a left-handed pitcher. Um, and just kind of looking over like why this is kind of a crazy story. Now, I mean, not crazy. It's it's a short sample size. And, you know, he made some corrections and he's kind of a kind of like a ground ball, low contact or weak contact hitter. He threw 135 innings in AAA this year. That's 25 starts had just under or just over seven K's per nine and 547 ERA. So he I, like I, I don't know. Is saying he came out of nowhere? Is that is that hyperbole or or like that's kind of reading those numbers out loud? Now I'm kind of thinking he did kind of come out of nowhere. But obviously the Cardinals were digging what he was doing enough to want to see more of it in a different situation. So yeah, I think uh, I, I think you're probably right. Like he's a lefty, he gets ground balls. Maybe he'll be in the bullpen. Maybe he'll spot start. But I think him getting major league time makes sense. He'll be 25 at some point next year. Um, so yeah, that's it's good news. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, he was a fifth round pick in 2019, which isn't incredibly high, but it's not low either. You know, you still get a lot of really great players out of that um, out of that level. And he's been progressing through the minors, as you would kind of expect someone like this. And that left handed uh, pitch to contact guy is so valuable in the majors. And it's exactly what the Cardinals are always looking for is these pitch to contact guys. So seems like it's worthwhile to have him. Um, and hopefully it's one of those things where it's like, I can't, you, you kind of hope you don't need him next year because ideally we have like <laughs> yeah. eight guys that we can name right away that should be better than him, but it's good to, you can never have too much pitching. Yeah. Yeah. If Connor Thomas is a big part of the next of 2023, then the, the shit has hit the fan you know, somewhere <laughs> around the Cardinals. And it is that, yeah, that's bad. We love those mid seven K nine guys, though. Apparently, yeah. it's the whole Wayne Wrightian uh, <laughs> pay rate there. Yeah, but but low walk rate. You know, weak contact. Cardinals yeah. have a good defense. You know, they've been targeting. Although, I think we did spend a section of last episode complaining about how the Cardinals need to get some strikeouts from their yeah. pitching staff. So, uh, but that doesn't really matter. We'll celebrate the win. Good for Connor Thomas. Um, you know, he yeah. got to have a little interview on MLB.com. Look, look at that. He's, he's making it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, right alongside, he got almost as much or if not more really like maybe relative to expectations press than Jordan Walker, who yeah. definitely got a lot of love and a lot of press during this AFL. Um, sure did. 
but uh yeah it's fun um Wait, let's what else really yeah. uh, since you brought up jordan walker i just something a little note that i had written down here that i thought was kind of fun was uh in the last week since we last recorded katie Wu and Derek gould i think two of our favorite cardinals uh beat writers uh are, are i guess to, to surmise the, what they're trying to say is they're both super bullish on the idea of jordan walker being in the big leagues next year which i know we've kind of chatted about and i think our expectations are sliding in that direction more and more i think generally you know we've seen the cardinals be i, I wouldn't even say aggressive i think that they are one of the few teams that are pretty good at kind of looking at how the player is playing seeing where their needs are and putting the guy there they're not uh, like I don't think that we could really accuse the Cardinals of messing with service time management. I'm sure there's one or two cases that I'm I'm missing, but really for the most part, the guy's ready. The guy's ready. And uh, what what Wu and Gould were uh, saying in not so many words were as long as he has a strong spring training, there's no reason he won't be starting in right field next year, or uh, you know wherever that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some center field depending on how Dylan Carlson comes along. Tyler O'Neill's health is obviously questionable, but they're, they're talking about it. The Cardinals seem, you know, obviously there are, are very direct, direct line. Li- <laughs> Wu and Gould know the front front office, um, I guess is what I was trying to say there. Sure. And uh, I don't know. I think that's super exciting. We like, you know, we talked to a while ago about how like he's going to be uh, the number one prospect in baseball for five seconds because he's going to be in the big league so quickly after he gets that, um, that number one prospect. So I don't know. I, that's something I'm feeling really excited about today. Yeah, same. And I think that, yeah, there's absolutely, um, a high likelihood and I would call it like the most likely thing is that there will be a time next year where he's considered the top prospect in baseball. Yeah. Um, the other people that are up there alongside him, uh, you know, people like Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, guys like those, um, they have all been called up already. So they'll lose that prospect status pretty quickly. Right. Um, and you know, there's, there's a few guys that are in the mix, um, but Jordan Walker's right there and you don't normally spend very much time as the top prospect in baseball before you get called up. Yeah. Uh, and there's a spot for him. I mean, there's a lot of competition for that spot, but none, none with the pedigree that he has. And, um, that jump from double A to uh, MLB is actually not that uncommon for these sorts of like Uber Freaks. prospects. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, um, and yeah, like we haven't really seen the Cardinals mess with uh, service time, but also they haven't really had many opportunities to mess with service time in the same way that we've seen some of the teams do over the last few years. So I don't know that we truly know if they would completely buck that trend and not mess with people service time but now we're also under the new world where like winning the rookie of the year has some value for the for the org and like i don't know i but i i i do agree with you like it seems unlikely that the cardinals will play tricks with with walker yeah um, you know so he, he like, just like he he also you know, you, you call this whatever you want. I guess it's it's narrative-y, non-baseball-y number type things. But in the way that Julio Rodriguez has the it factor, the the, the star makeup or whatever, the mm-hmm. more I watch Jordan Walker play, the more I watch him speak, interact with the media, interact with his teammates, the more I'm like, this is just the guy. You want to make this guy happy. You want to let him play in St. Louis. You want to extend him. You want kids to be wearing Walker jerseys for the foreseeable future. Like, 
I, he just, yeah. I, I don't want to get too overhyped. And I know everything I just said is like where I'm, you know, that's definitely overhyping somebody, but I mean, I think it's pretty much locked in that he's a future hall of famer. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and, and say it. Um, no, I know what you mean. He's yeah, just absolutely. got it. He's got yeah. it. And I want to watch it and I want him to be a Cardinal for a long time already. Like I just, he just kind of oozes all of yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I hope that they, I want the Cardinals to pull an Atlanta Braves with Jordan Walker. Yeah. Comes up, has a good month, and we sign him to a 10 year deal Boom. for $75 million. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think he'll be, a, I think he will be playing for the Cardinals in April. Now, whether yeah. that's like starting right field, opening day, I, I honestly think that's unlikely, but I think he'll be on the, on the roster in, yeah. in April. Um, so it's fun. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of rookies, um, we have a little bit of, uh, we now know how the voting went for the rookie of the year. It was pretty much as expected. Um, Brendan Donovan came in in a decisive third place. Yeah. Um, notably, and of course, way below, uh, Spencer Strider and Michael Harris, the second, which, Died. Turns yeah, out Donovan yeah, yeah. did not get any first or second place votes, <laughs> but he got like by far the most third place votes. Yeah. Which is exactly how it should have gone. Yeah. Like, no, you know, I would not have picked him over those two guys either. So, um, yeah, I think like from the Cardinals point of view, obviously like immensely valuable. He filled in so many holes uh, throughout the year and ended up winning that gold glove and, and hit really well. And, and more than anything, got on base like a machine, almost 400 percent or 40 uh, percent <laughs> of the time. Um, <laughs> be but, tight uh, to get on base 400 percent. I, the I time. know. I was just trying to think of like, <laughs> what does that even look like? Like he's just you show up to the ballpark and he's on second. Um, he gets on base and they put like. He gets a walk and he gets to be on first, second and third. There you go. Yeah, that's for him. Yeah. Um, I know he'd have to be a, a scoring a run, too, for it to be for oh, now, now we're now we're doing clone runners. We got <laughs> we got zombie runners. We got ghost runners. We got clone runners. At least the clone runner uh, moniker would make sense. The ghost runner yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I think totally agreed. Like, not surprising at all. Spencer Strider is ridiculous. The only reason he didn't win is because he uh, because he got hurt and missed some time. And Michael Harris basically changed the entire Brave season and, and kind yeah. of led them, drove the offense uh, to winning 100-plus games. And what was incredible. And more, I'm just annoyed by the fact that the Braves have locked up so much young talent and then they just keep seeming to produce young, high-level talent. But, you know, that's... Yeah. That's Strider came out of nowhere. He's, you know, he was a mid tier prospect going into last year. And then here we are. He had over 200 strikeouts and only 130 innings. Did Uh, you know he hack squats 500 pounds? (laughs) Of course, I know that. (laughs) I just have a distinct memory of Brad Thompson bringing that up like eight (laughs) times during a a broadcast. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of awards, really fun one. Always exciting. Keep it rolling. Keep it Nolan. Nolan, 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 Nolan. Uh, What? uh, His sixth platinum glove in a row. Not bad. No. Um, Yeah, I mean, what else do you say about that? He's the best defender in the National League. Once again, six in a row, uh, which is obviously the most because the platinum glove has not existed that long. 
And I think I saw something that like before Yachty retired, 10 of the 12 National League Platinum uh, Platinum Gloves were on the same team. Yeah, Um, it's like uh, it's Yachty, Nolan, and then I think it was Andrelton Simmons got one, which makes sense. Um, when he was a shortstop for the Braves, I believe. And then the other one is Anthony Rizzo, which is just annoying because Anthony uh, Rizzo got a platinum glove. Yeah. Well, it was after 2016. So it was was just when the Cubs were, uh, you know, it's everyone wanted to give the Cubs everything possible. Um, Like, I don't think it's possible for a first baseman to be the best defensive player in the league. No, (laughs) it's gotta be like, a uh, catcher, center fielder, or third base or shortstop. Like yeah. there's no, you know, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, it's very stupid. And Nolan um, really, I, I agree, it should really be up the middle, but Nolan is such a dynamic freak show of a player that it, it you can make the argument. But uh, yeah. Huh. Well, because he plays third base, but he also kind of plays shortstop. You know, yeah. we were, when we talked about him last, last time, that those barehanded plays up the middle, like those are the shortstops plays, but he's, better, faster, and stronger than every shortstop. Right. So he's over there before they can. Um, but we talk about Nolan. Everyone, you know, what, nothing yeah, yeah, new yeah. to add to the table here. Just, uh, you know, it's exciting. And just yeah. builds on that, um, you know, Hall of Fame trajectory that he's on. There he goes, being great. <laughs> All right, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, yeah, so, you know, we were talking about Katie Wu, Derek Gould. Uh, something else that I thought was interesting that came out of the uh, kind of like the wrap-up from the GM meetings that happened uh, last week was that Derek Gould noted that the Cardinals are looking for a catcher and an impact bat. Um, so to me, I, I find that really curious in the sense that, like, we, we've talked in circles around this. Like, I think we have ideas about the catcher position, and, and we've weighed in on that. And I kind of would like to see the catcher position be an impact bat or at least a, a plus bat, um, you know, with a, with a guy from Toronto or with uh, Sean Murphy. Um, and, and there's obviously other options out there as well, but the idea of, uh, publicly saying that and an impact bat is very interesting to me. And, and I'm curious of like where that could possibly come from, what that means, what, like, especially with seeing guys like, Jack Peterson accept his qualifying offer. It is hard for me to understand what the Cardinals think they mean by an impact bat. Is that re-signing Corey Dickerson? Is that making a play at Brandon Nemo? There's a, you know, like what I, I I just find, I found that very interesting. Um, I guess is really where I, I, I want to stop talking at. I think the most likely thing is they, they are also viewing that as one in the same get the catcher. Who's also an impact bat. Um, and then barring that, then they're getting just a catcher and then they would go and try and find an impact bat. Um, I saw it, uh, Kirk Alejandro Kirk for the blue Jays. You know, he had an up and down last uh, up and down season last year, but, um, he's projected it by steamer in 2023 to have a 141 WRC plus, which would be better than everybody on the Cardinals, assuming, you know, Goldschmidt doesn't repeat his MVP year, right? which of course he could, but like, so there are, there are open options available via trade that would be both. Kirk has some risk because he has really only done it for half a season, but you know, you're always, they're not even trading him if he had done that for a full season. Right. So, um, 
So we'll see. But after that, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I still, we, you and I keep talking about this. One of us will be right. Um, I, unless the Cardinals tra- make a major trade that involves multiple outfielders, I still don't believe that they're going to try to acquire an outfielder. So then it's left with basically either second base or shortstop as where they could get an impact bat or a full-time DH. And we'll just say, okay, Gorman, I guess we'll, we'll figure out where you go and, yeah. you know, um, which makes, which is also sidebar. I think Gorman, we talked a lot about this in the bird scored. I think Gorman is like the, the most obvious trade chip the Cardinals have right now for one yeah. of these impact guys. But, um, I don't know. I think it's gotta be the most simple solution here is a catcher who is also an impact bat. And then from there, it all goes de- back to, they're going to have to spend money. I think on one of the, on one of the shortstops, whether it's Xander or Dansby yeah, yeah. or, you know, like that, it's the only one I can think of that makes any sense and doesn't just create more log jams where they're already trying to solve for. Especially if they really, if if Gould and Wu are echoing internal sentiment around Jordan Walker. I know. Then like they can't get another outfielder, you know, because now you're truly or locked up. Dylan's gone. Yeah, or Dylan's gone. Which I see, I've been seeing people call for Dylan to be the one traded in like a trade for a catcher. People think he lines up really well with the Blue Jays, um, and I get that, but I still hope that that's not the case. I, Dylan should be. I think people forget how young he is. Yes, um, and you know, I, I I don't I I they clearly didn't want to trade him last year, and I don't see how that changes because of two months. You know, so um, yeah, like Dylan I think, Carlson is one year older than. Nolan Gorman. Right. Like he, and, he is a, he's a baby child. He's two years younger than Brendan Donovan. Like he has done nothing. Well, like he has, he has not been in the major leagues long enough and he is so talented and he's a switch yeah. hitting, uh, center fielder who can, we has get, a plus club and a potential plus bat. Like, yeah, I, right. We've but, been also jaded by like the Julio's and the rookies who come up and immediately blow the league away when the, like the normal projection or trajectory for a, a player, especially when they're called up when they're 21 years old, you know, is that yeah. like it takes a couple years to get really comfortable and get good and like nothing Baseball's about really hard. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I really hope they don't trade Carlson. I hope they don't trade O'Neill. I hope that they acquire Sean Murphy, Kirk or Jansen. And then also sure. Go and get uh, like Xander or Dansby or yeah. whatever and just Kirk. stack it up. Kirk, I like a lot. I just have no idea what like what he costs to trade for. It, that worries yeah. me because like his ability to stay behind the plate is int- like that's a question for me. Um, I, I don't know how much I love his defense. I do think he is a very good hitter. Uh, yeah. I think that's unquestionable. I just I'm not, like not sure if he transitions to like first or third base or DH only at some point in his career, which is fine because he is that good of a hitter. It's just not the, the whole, the shape of the hole that the Cardinals need to fill right now. Right. Yeah. I'd like much if rather... the Cardinals, yeah, if the Cardinals signed or traded for Kirk and then signed like Christian Vasquez or something like that. And Kirk is being a backup uh, catcher and DHing all the time and maybe getting a start at first every once in a while, like that even would be really interesting to me. I just don't love his defense behind the plate. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things, too, about these Blue Jays catchers is that none of them have done a full season's load of catching because they had so many good catchers. They've been able to, like, 
you know, do a platoon and rotate guys around and give ample rest. Um, and so who knows what like Kirk as a 140 game catcher starting, you know, what would that actually look like? Would his bat maintain the quality if he also has to catch every single day, which he didn't have to do with the Blue right. Jays? I, but again, I lo- like, I, like I'll reiterate, you know, if that's the role that he fits with the Cardinals, that makes a lot of sense to me too. That shouldn't be off the, off the table. Yeah. Are you, are, are you off of, or are you still considering the Wilson Contreras train here? Well, yeah, let's, that's kind of the next thing I have here. Let's talk about that. I personally, I, I kind of put that, I, I, a little, I put Wilson Contreras in the same bucket as I put Alejandro Kirk in, um, in the sense that I don't think that Wilson Contreras is a great defensive catcher. Um, he obviously has a rocket arm. Um, he is faster than you'd think he is. He he has got lots of power, but I think you sign Wilson Contreras in a similar role. He catches one or two days a week. He DHs. Maybe he plays a little bit of right field. Maybe he plays a little bit of first base. I, I think he is more of a utility player than a strictly catcher. And I would think if any team is willing to give him money that is anywhere serious, that's how they would also look at him. Um, I know the Cardinals are valuing defense uh, behind the catcher, uh, behind uh, catcher, uh, geez, at the catcher position. Um, I think I need some more coffee. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I think most smart teams are value, value defense above all at the catcher <laughs> position. That is how I personally feel. I think yeah. the Cardinals feel that way because they just held on to the best defensive catcher of his generation for 20 years. <laughs> so, do I think uh, uh, Wilson Contreras helps out the Cardinals? Yes. Um, do I think that he fits the hole that we're talking about? I don't. And I think yeah. that it would be, um, I don't think that we as Cardinals fans would enjoy watching him catch 135 games next year um, because of what we're used to, the style of play that we're used to. Um, but he he's a a freak of nature. He is unbelievably talented, strong, quick, all that stuff. He can play baseball. Um, I just don't know if he, I want to pay him yeah. like a, a power hitting catcher. Being able to play baseball is a key requirement that I don't <laughs> yeah. think that is being reported on enough. So thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the to me the benefit of Wilson Contreras is that the only thing it costs you is money, and yeah. every one of these other guys they're costing you prospects and, and, you know, all of that. So I think that's really the argument to be made for Wilson Contreras is if that the Cardinals want to use their trade capital for somewhere else, but still want to solve for catcher with a, like a, a impact external option. That's where he fits in. But if it's, yeah. if it's like just get him and then not anyone else or trade yeah. for anyone else, and I'm not, very supportive of it. And, and I guess the way that I'm looking at that is like catchers are like a good gig catchers just don't exist, right? There's like what six or seven of them that are what you would right. say are like good catchers that can they're they're good at their their catching duties and they are good hitters. Um so I my kind of thought is like this is a position that you just you have to overpay for if you're valuing that. If you want to get the Sean Murphy, Alejandro Kirk, Danny yeah. Jansen. Uh and, and there are presumably three of those available via trade and it will be expensive. And then if you want to go augment the offense, you can go pay 
Xander or uh, Swanson right. or or who are or, uh, or Nemo or all these other names that we've talked about. Uh, I believe JD Martinez is a uh, is a free agent. Like the, you can go find a bat for not as much. There, you know, there's information or people have been talking about how like lefty bats are going to be overvalued this off season. Righty bats maybe not so much, but like the the specific specificity of the idea of somebody being able to play catcher and hit. I, I think yeah. that that is where I would choose to spend my cap my prospect capital, and I th- hope the Cardinals see it that way as well. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. I and all on top on top of all of this too is that Wilson Contreras is thirty one, and of all positions that don't have a uh, no position has a good age curve, and the catcher position has like the worst one by a mile, right? So you you expect probably his bat can maintain um, you know longer than his ability to catch, but still that wear and tear on the body brings down everything. Most hitters. Yeah, as they age, you know, get and, less effective as well. So, and I think his hitting profile is good for a catcher. It is bad for any of the positions that he, or not bad. It is average, like middle, middle, right? For any, like if he is a right fielder or a first baseman or something, you know, a, a traditional uh, kind of power position. I, I highly doubt that he's going to transition to shortstop or center field. So I don't love it. I know that like this seems to be within all the national writers. They're like number one connection is the Cardinals here. Um, yeah. And I well, will say LOL Cubs is a very interesting yeah. part about it, but I just well, don't like it. That. I think and I think we've mentioned this a few times, but I think one thing we as Cardinal fans just have to be ready for is for basically every potential free agent or trade target to be connected to the Cardinals at least once because the Cardinals have said they're willing to increase payroll. So they're now writers can easily tie any free agent to us. And then also we have a really a good set of high end prospects right now. So then it's also really easy for writers to tie any trade prospect to us because you can you can make any trade where Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn or Nolan Gorman or any of these guys are if you think of them as on the table then yeah every trade becomes an option right and and the writers their job is to put out articles and come up with like interesting scenarios (laughs) right and so yeah it's like yeah so we just have to be really used to like oh the Cardinals what a perfect fit for Justin Verlander or what a perfect fit for Jacob deGrom or trading for who, you know, it's going to be on until all of these are done. The Cardinals are going to constantly be linked to all of these different options, even if there's no actual reality behind them. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of a fun spot to be in though. I'd rather be linked to everything than like people saying (laughs) the Cardinals have no shot at anything. Right. So, Oh, I much rather. Yeah. Like at least we're invited to the dance. We're not like where the reds or the pirates are sitting right now where that I think, you know, well, I guess the pirates on the other side, they're talking about like trading away Brian Reynolds and (laughs) you know, some of the the players that they still have that are are, are still relevant. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, we'll see. I, I think, I think I want to see the I just want to see the Cardinals go get that catcher. And then I think everything else will kind of fall into place. But they need to get that guy. I suspect that's got to be the primary focus right now Um, for for all the teams. Right. Like the the Blue Jays want to know who are they going to have at catcher. Right. And and athletics are probably fine to stand pat if it doesn't happen. But like, you know, I, I think these trades are what tend to get done first. So then teams know what they need to spend their money on. Yeah. 
Um, before we move off uh, and get fully into the uh, free agent talk, I, I do want to bug you about a specific free agent um, who has been linked to the Cardinals a little bit recently. He had a great two months with the Yankees. Uh, he made some changes. He is uh, he is believing in analytics now. He went to the Marucci Bat Factory or whatever and got his uh, swing looked at. Uh, new bat, who dis, all that kind of stuff. People are linking Matt Carpenter's return with the Cardinals. And, and I will caveat that all with, we know the shift is going to be illegal next year. Um, and, and I think the shift probably bit him maybe more than any baseball player that you can think of. Maybe him and Rizzo are the are one and two on that on that list. What do you think about the Matt Carpenter, Adam Wainwright sail off into the sunset reunion <laughs> tour 2.0? We're doing it again. Yeah. We're doing it again. Um, first of all, I love referring to the shift as illegal. Yeah. Uh, you do it. You're going to jail, buddy. Yeah. Theo um, Epstein, he's, he said he's going to have a cop at every stadium. He's, they're going to shoot yeah. players first and then and, ask and questions frankly, later. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah. Um, get those feet off that dirt. Yeah. Or off that grass, whatever it is. <laughs> On the dirt, off the grass. On the dirt, off the grass. Yeah. Boy, see that blade of grass touching the tip of your... All right. Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones that it's like... It's so... Of course, it's fun. I love Matt Carpenter. We all love Matt Carpenter. Um, I get the argument for it. He looked good <laughs> as a Yankee. He looked good as a Yankee. I hope he keeps yeah. that stash if he does come back. Yeah. Um, and I get the argument about the shift. Like, if there's ever a time for Matt Carpenter to be successful again, like, though, that's the recipe for it. But also, we don't have that short porch like the Yankees do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we have space right now for a no position uh gamble dh i mean i know we just did that with albert pools <laughs> i was but, just gonna say <laughs> but the but the, the team was different then we didn't have jordan we had Corey dickerson you know yeah. like we didn't have jordan walker burleson yapez um all these guys that we want to see get ab's so i guess i'd be fine with it i get out my salsa or whatever yeah. and you know and He's a Cardinal great. He's going to be in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. I would not complain if Matt Carpenter came back as a Cardinal. I'd probably be excited about it. But I'm also kind of okay if it doesn't happen. And that's probably my preference. But um, if it does, you know, hey, maybe we get Pujols 2.0 and he hits 25 bombs and yeah. we all get to reminisce to the, I don't know, 2013 World Series or something. Um yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, I think it really comes down to like the question is, is Matt Carpenter getting a major league deal this offseason or is he getting invited to spring training? Um, and my guess is that he's getting a major league deal. My uh, my yeah. guess, if I had to put money on it this very moment, I think he's going to be a Yankee. He's going to sign like a pretty right. non lucrative, like a fairly cheapo deal with the Yankees. Come back, run it back with that team again. Obviously, there was magic going on there. Like I was just looking at his uh, his uh, expected stats on Statcast as compared to his results. So just just for some fun, like. You know, there are obviously changes in his swing, but his exit velocity, max exit velocity, his launch angle, everything was pretty much the same with his career. So it wasn't like he found some like magic juice or anything like that. Um, And his average was 305. His expected batting average, according to StatCast, was uh, 231. His slugging (laughs) was a massive 
727. Yeah. His expected slugging, according to StatCast, 485. So that yeah. is like, you look at those numbers and that's ripe for regression. Um, but it also speaks to what you're talking about, the ballpark that he's playing in or was playing in and and how that's uniquely benefits a hitter like him with a high launch angle that is a left-hander and uh, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I think yeah. I agree with you. I will say I would not put it past the DeWitts to just be like, you know what? We got to do it. He had a great year. Why wouldn't we want to bag more butts and seats? I wouldn't, it would not shock me by any means. Yeah. The, the, I get that. Yeah. And again, I'd probably be fine with it, but like the would pool thing, I don't know, probably <laughs> yeah. the pool holes thing. There was a clear argument for a use case. Yeah. A DH against lefties. What are we doing with Matt Carpenter? You know, a DH everyday against, DH. Yeah, I guess. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I, he, I guess he was I don't. playing right field for the Yankees, by the way. It looked bad. Yeah. Right. But and it was I like wanted... he was starting over Joey Gallo, which made sense at the time. Right. I'd much rather just have Gorman getting yes. all those at bats. Yeah. And Donovan playing second base and then taking a gamble on Matt Carpenter. Let's just remember him for what he was and also forget the last two years of the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we'll, we'll sure. welcome him back in his red jacket just as long as he keeps that mustache. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move to a player. I want to get back to the free agent conversation. We'll move to a player who is maybe the polar opposite of Matt Carpenter, other than the fact that they're both left-handed hitting uh, players. Kevin Kiermeyer uh, has been waived by the, uh, raise. Uh, there has been reports that the Cardinals have been interested in KK for a while, going back and trying to trade for him, I think as far back as 2019. Um, one of the best center fielders to play, in my opinion. He is like unbelievably good. He's, I think he's 31. Um, and he is being linked to the Cardinals right now. What do you think? I, I think I know what you think because you don't think any more outfielders need to be part of the game. Um, but you know, this guy's your fourth outfielder, your deeds defensive replacement. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals interest or potential interest in Kevin Kiermaier? Yeah, I, so Kiermaier has been one of my more favorite players for a long time. So I'm, I'm like sort of biased towards Kiermaier specifically. Um, but the Cardinals have had players of his mold, uh, like for the last 10 years also, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a big overlap with like a Harrison Bader and a Kevin Kiermeyer. or remember the Peter Borges experiment, right? These like, Oh, I remember these high end center field defensive players that everyone says someday they're going to hit 25 home runs and steal 20 bases. You just need it to happen. Yeah. Um, and, but it just never does. Right. It just, there's always something in the way. And with Kiermeyer, it's always been health. He gets hurt. He's been hurt a lot. Um, and then now he's over 31. And so the bat's slowing down a little bit. And he just that like allure of the 2020 season from Kevin Kiermeyer seems to have gone away. Yeah. Um, so it just like I I really like him. I just don't know. Like it feels like that ship has sailed on on like Kevin Kiermeyer as a big member of your team. I mean, he got waived from the Rays for a reason, you know? Um, so previous argument about like, we don't need another outfielder stands. Um, I guess if you're going to get one, an elite defender makes more sense to me than 
a lot of these other ones that we've been talking about because I'd rather see the bat from all these other guys get ABs. But if you're looking at someone who's just going to come in and you know be that defensive backup who's at least going to give you a competitive at bat like i'm more supportive of that than like locking in someone who would be a starter no matter what you know um i so i i wonder what he's gonna get and if he's even gonna like what kind of contracts are gonna be available to him because if it's something cheap and it's something where we could maybe stash him in the minors also like in case things really fall apart at the major league level you know you have this guy that can come up and be a productive major league player um I just, he's getting old and he hasn't really, I don't know. I, again, yeah. I really liked him and for a while it looked like he was going to be the best center fielder in baseball. And, and in some ways he was, but I don't know why now, I guess. Yeah. Another, another platinum glove winning uh, uh, player. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I think the only reason it makes sense is if you're not sure that your outfield is going to be healthy. Cause I think I could yeah. reasonably argue that Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson and Lars oh. Newbar are if not gold glove uh, winners, they are gold glove potential. Like uh, obviously right. Tyler already won one. Um, I think we're really happy what, with, with what we saw from Dylan in center field. And I think we're very happy with what we saw from Newton in right. So I, I think if you're not sure that those guys are all going to be healthy, um, that then it makes sense because even if you're starting Burleson in one of those corner outfield spots, you can swap him, you know, when you have the lead or the game goes on, you can swap him with a newt or an yeah. O'Neill or, or a Carl and, uh, and kind of go from there. So, yeah, I think I mostly agree with you. Um, assuming health, of course. Um, but yeah, I will say the, the defense, the defense drops off after those three guys. Um, yeah, Pez, not so good. We, we definitely saw that last year. Burleson it's fine. Um, we don't really know what to expect from Walker. Uh, Moises Gomez is, is not a defensive stalwart either. Like the, the defensive floor drops off pretty quickly. Um, Brendan Donovan is fine in the outfield, definitely better in the infield. Um, so yeah, I, I think there, it, there's some sense to it, but the current roster makeup probably no. that. So that's like, this is one of those things where obviously this decision would make be so much easier in hindsight, but it really matters on like who is starting and how, how consistent they are able to, because yeah, if, if it turns out that we're all of a sudden back in this huge, um, like injury mix, then I would love to have Kevin Kiermeyer on the team. But if you're rolling out with a starting outfield that you really enjoy and you feel like you've got a couple backups for the corners, like it, what's he going to do? Where's he going to play? He's just yeah. going to take at bats away from the guys that we want to see get at bats. Sure. All right. Uh, final thing I want to talk about. I have listed here Turner, Correa, Bogart, Swanson. I don't think we're really in the conversation for C- Turner or Correa. The more kind of the reporting comes out and the more we kind of look at the situation, I think those guys are going to get super duper paid. Those guys might both make close to 300. Um, we've talked about Bogarts and Swanson a little bit. I guess I'm curious to see if you've had any, any revelations or, or thoughts on those two players, how they would fit in with the Cardinals, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, again, it, it, it comes down to like, I think if you're doing that, you're definitely trading Gorman because he, absolutely has no place to play if you um if you trade for one of these guys yeah so it, i think it would have to be a lot of um either follow-up moves or moves leading up to it and we don't see the cardinals doing that a lot you know i think they're more likely to roll out gorman or um you know any of these 
prospects that we've been waiting for than like go and sign one of those guys. But I will say like, I personally am very for it. I, I, what I would, I would like, I'd be fine with them signing either guy. I think the, are you leaning one direction? Uh, Trying to think of a Harry Styles joke. Oh, I, lame. <laughs> I know. I know. I saw don't worry, nar- don't worry, darling, not long ago. And my God, was that stupid. Wh- why? Why did you watch that? Um, I like to see films. <laughs> you wanted to get up on all the hot goss and understand why. Uh, what's his face spit and what's his face is lap? Is Harry Styles got spit on, right? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, this isn't that kind of show, Nate. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) No, I just I like I like films. So you watched. I like going to a a theater and seeing a film. The theater. Indeed. I like popcorn. Uh, Uh, We went to Alamo and I got some fried chicken while I watched that movie. (laughs) That sounds okay. Now I'm back on board. There's an Alamo. There's an Alamo like a mile from me that opens up shortly. I'm very excited about it. Um, I have a movie wreck for you. Uh, we watched RRR. Have you heard of this or seen it? No, I only know it because it was a trivia question that I got correct um, completely blindly at a trivia night recently. Nice. Um, well, it's a three-hour movie um, coming out of India. It's not technically Bollywood. It's referred to as Tollywood, which is another um, uh, region within India. Um, but it is basically... Uh, well, first of all, I love Bollywood films because they do, they both show and tell everything all of the time. So they're all like three hours long and you just get like ridiculous scenes over and over and over. Uh, but this was like a, one of the newer Fast and the Furious movies, which might sound like a bad thing to some listeners, but at least to Ben and I, like we love those movies. Um, imagine, uh, Fast and Furious with song and dance in the middle of of it, you know? Sure. Yeah, the one thing Fast and Furious is missing. I actually think they should do it. I would love for there to be, like, songs in Fast and Furious that all the main singers are singing. But anyway, (laughs) it's wonderful. I I don't really feel like I'm doing it justice right now because of the way I'm explaining it, but I highly, highly recommend you watch RRR. It's one of the most absurd movies I've ever seen, and I it was a pure joy end to end uh it's the only three hour movie that i've ever seen that felt like it was like i was enjoying it mm-hmm. and, and, and engaged the entire right. time so um anyway uh what were we talking about oh so i think i you know where i think of this was and yeah this is, not, this is not what i was expecting before but i'm really intrigued by bogarts at second base and edmund yeah. at short yeah um that that to me sounds like an interesting option and also gives you some flexibility because let's say something happens and for whatever reason Edmund needs to be playing elsewhere. You could move Bogarts over to short. He's not the best, but he's done it at a major league level for a long time now. Um, and that would give you opportunities to give Edmund rest and get Donovan at, in at second base. And, you know, it just adds this really compelling um, versatility. And then also his bat. I mean, Three, you know, 300 hitter, 20 home runs, like good OBP. He's going to do all the things that we want. And if you put Bogarts in front of Goldie and Arenado, I mean, like we're going to score 8,000 runs yeah. uh, a game, you know? So that's where I'm leaning, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think none of that's going to happen. I think that the Cardinals are not going to sign any major free agent. That's 
where I'm, ba- I'm back on that. I, I think um, that's probably but, most likely, but yeah, I think uh, real quick, I just think Bogart's 200 over seven second baseman uh, driving the offense. Yeah, that's, that's like such a no brainer to me. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. That's probably not going to happen. Um, it would also, you know, it, it would have to happen in Congress with other moves as you were kind yeah. of leading to, but yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, if you, they trade Gorman for Sean Murphy, acquire Xander Bogarts, have a middle infield starting of Edmund and Bogarts, and then Donovan as your backup, who's also just playing everywhere. Like that's great. Right. Yeah. And if, if Edmund, you know, goes the other way, even though, which we predicted and it was both right and wrong in 2022. Uh, you have Bogarts as your shortstop and Donovan as your second baseman or, you know, so yeah, a lot of can't, can't be mad about that. Nope. Um, we'll see. I suspect a lot of that stuff's not going to happen for a couple more months. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So, uh, we've got some more league wide stuff to talk about. Um, but before we do that, we want to remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. Uh, we have been slowly growing our Patreon since we started this show. You know, we spend a lot of time and effort, though it doesn't necessarily sound like it to our listeners, uh, <laughs> creating this show and bringing it to you every single week. And so um, if you want to support the show, uh, consider kicking us a couple bucks a week uh, or a month or a week um, on patreon.com slash talking about birds. Patrons at any level get access to the bird scored. Shout out to the Bird Squad. It's our private Discord server. We're having all sorts of conversations in there, baseball and otherwise. Get off of Twitter. Get into the Bird Squad. Hang out with us. It's a bunch of cool. Uh, it's a bunch of rad. Wait, uh, rude, rude, dudes, rude, dudes. <laughs> rude dudes with attitudes. Uh. Uh, it's 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 in the Bird Squad now. It's happened. That's that's what we are calling ourselves. So. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you want to join the bird score more or less, but that's what's going on. So I'm considering leaving it. <laughs> that's fine. That's a net gain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Also consider leaving us a, re- a, re- a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps Ben. Otherwise, where can people find us online? Yeah. If you're uh, still want to be on Twitter, you can follow us at talk about birds um on twitter on instagram you can follow us talking about birds and as usual you can email us questions thoughts musings criticisms uh biting remarks um threats yeah uh, mm-hmm. gifts yeah that's fine okay um cheese we'll take cheese sure. Uh, talk about birds at gmail.com. Um, email us email again. Us, cheese. <laughs> I mean, you know, like gift cards and stuff. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. A gift but, card for cheese. <laughs> you know, the King Supers yeah, by okay, my house a, has a really good cheese okay. selection. So, um, okay. There's also, I mean, give me, send me a gift card to Spinelli's. Have you, well, I got to take you to Spinelli's. It's uh, we I don't mess with my microphone. It's this little Italian market by my house. It's got a whole cheese Ooh. section. They, they make their own cheese. They have, they make their own pasta and, and bread and oh, so good. Uh, yeah. Email us again. That's talk about birds at gmail.com. Great. So we still have a, a fair amount of things to talk about around the league though. The hot stove, as we've mentioned is lit. So Ben, what do you want to talk about first? Yeah. The news hot off the presses. Uh, I guess when this episode comes out, it'll be a day late, but hot off the presses to us. 
Uh, Teoscar mm-hmm. Hernandez is now a Seattle Mariner. Um, he has been traded there uh, from the Blue Jays in exchange for setup man Eric Swanson and pitching prospect Adam Mako. Um, interesting to me in the sense that Teoscar Hernandez is somebody who I guess I thought would maybe carry a little bit more weight than that on the trade market. I wouldn't even totally especially think for him to be available via trade. He is in his final year. Um, obviously the Mariners are pushing in, uh, and the, uh, you know, the blue Jays are looking for pitching help. So interesting move, um, impact bat for sure. He's a guy that can come in and hit 40 home runs. Um, you know, we'll see what he has and it'll be in his, his, uh, his walk year. So, I don't know, kind of kind of a, a big move this early in the offseason. Yeah, very surprising. And and at first glance, the return does seem very low. Um, you know, Teoscar had a 129 WRC plus last year. Generally across he's a stat cast darling. He's one of the the leaders in hard hit, all the stuff you look for. He did have a sort of a, a choppy year last year. He was basically pretty bad for the first half and then really came on strong in the second half. Um, I think it's a great pickup for the Mariners. Um, I think they're probably ready to move on from Jared Kelenic, and he's going to slot in right there next to Julio um, and maybe Mitch Hanniger, or um, I don't know what they're doing with Jesse Winker. Um, although Winker might be a free agent, but no, anyway. he's not. There are there are conversations about Winker being on the trade block, which I I wasn't going to bring up, but I do think that that would be a very yeah. interesting target for the Cardinals. I love was- Jesse Winker. It was pretty bad last year for the yes, Mariners though, he was. on a, go, on a go, really good team, you know, man, um, he was injured though. Yeah. He, had, he had all kinds of issues. If the Cardinals yeah. were able to get him, I mean, I would be so for that move. I know you don't think we need yeah. more outfielders, but that guy wink can hit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wink can play. Um, so I, uh, I, I was surprised by this for sure. Mako is pretty w- uh, well regarded, but he's still a single A pitching prospect, you know. So do with that what you will. And then Swanson had a really good last year, but still any reliever on you know it's all yeah. small sample size. So really, really surprising. Kind of looks like a salary dump, but he but it's not like he was making a crazy amount of money. Um, and it's opened up a a big hole for the Blue Jays, which people are really interested to see how they're going to fill it, which has been really driving some of that conversation around the Cardinals linking up with them, trading an outfielder for a catcher. So we'll see. I I definitely Um, think it puts them in the Brandon Nimmo market. I would not that he makes a lot of sense for that team. He's a lefty. Yeah, he's a good defensive outfielder. He could be at the top of the lineup. They need all those things. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, Moving on, uh, the Angels signed Tyler Anderson in a deal that I would actually say Good job, Angels. You signed a, an effective starting pitcher to more than it's, a one-year deal. It's smart. I, I saw this, and my first reaction is like, wait, do the Angels just do something that is basic and smart? Like, <laughs> it's 339, so they're not overcommitting to someone. Yep. Um, they need starting pitching. He's been good. Uh, it's, he's not going to be their ace, but they need like a one, a two, a three, a four, and a five <laughs> on their team. So this is uh, really settling in somewhere there in the middle of their rotation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are not fans of the Angels, but we're fans of a lot of the Angels players. Yeah. So I, I, I want to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs. And so um, getting Anderson is just smart and simple. Yeah. And it's I hope that they do more of that. 
It was the first time the Angels had handed out a free agent pitcher, a multi-year contract since Joe Blanton in 2012. <laughs> so, t- you know, they yeah. got to the bank. Uh, moving down the line, Anthony Rizzo, Big Tony, uh-huh. is back with the Yankees. I did not see that coming. Signed a two-year deal that uh, when it's all said and done, Gary's, guarantees him at least $40 million bucks. Uh, there was a player option for a third year. Uh, but I think probably smart move by the Yankees. Good money for Rizzo, especially like he kind of had a weird year. And I think uh, in, you know, post uh, shift world, he's going to reprove himself over the next two years. And we'll see what that looks like. But uh, probably probably good move all around. Former platinum glove winner. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, I mean, I thought it made sense. Yeah. You know, and- it's one of those ones that just like, you know, retain your good players. The sure. Yankees had a great 2022. Like, let's not get too crazy here. They're, they may very well lose judge. Let's not lose judge and, and Rizzo. Um, yeah, yeah it's will, fine. We will see about judge. The more and more I'm thinking the Yankees are not going to be beat, but San Francisco has got a lot of cash. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, moving down the line again, uh, Mets hire Jeff Albert. Yeah, it was obvious he was going to get a job somewhere. Yeah. And and I've seen some interesting takes on this that, you know, so he's the director of hitting, yeah. which is a position that is not on the field. And so some people are saying, like, that's actually probably the better spot for Jeff Albert. But I because he's not like on the field, he's managing the program. Right. That is uh, the hitting program, you know, and that's kind of what he was doing with the Cardinals and with the Astros. But also with the Cardinals, he was on the field. So, um Maybe this is uh, a you know even better for him. I mean, it's essentially a promotion. He's right. you know, so it's worked out really well for him turning down the Cardinals' offer. He got an even better offer for a team that has more money than they know what to do with it. So yeah. I guess good for him. I'm not surprised. We all no. knew he's going to go and get another job. So yeah, yeah no, um, and I'm I'm sure he will be successful. It makes sense, and that'll teach him to come to <laughs> St. Louis. Yeah, and. Be a good hitting coach. Yeah, we don't want talent. Yeah, get out of here. You jerk with all his high and thoughts and ideas. MVP winners and yeah. Breakout jerk. Candid- yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, James Click. So last week we, we reported <laughs> he has accepted an so- offer. What turned out to happen is that he was offered that. He was expected to accept it, but he told uh, Jim Crane to go pound sand. Essentially, he thought it was an insult that he just won a World Series. He he had all the success over the last three years. Was offered a one year deal, and he said, "Like my my uh, dear uh, uh, country singer Johnny Paycheck, take this job and shove it." Uh, <laughs> to <laughs> wait. <laughs> What? I knew that was a reference. It was going to go over your head. <laughs> Johnny Paycheck is his most famous song is Take This Job and Shove It. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great song. <laughs> I don't even have a reaction or a, a response to it. I'm going to let you move on. But um, Johnny Paycheck is my new favorite artist. Yeah, I'd love to see the Cardinals swoop up James Click. I, he's going to get a job somewhere. I, if if he could be in a Cardinal uh, jersey that would be fantastic but he'll uh, he'll be fine um weird move by the by Jim Crane um anyways John Jay is back in Major League Baseball he is going to be the first base coach for the Miami Marlins they're bringing the band back together bringing that booty power oh yeah Run- runners runners going to first base are going to have to like dodge to the left when they get up there so you know 
See, I, right I think they're, of, everyone's going to try to go left, but they're going to end up going right because of the gravitational pull of. Oh, dead yeah. Ass. They're going to go right into the booty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real, they're going to have to worry about that. Maybe it's a competitive advantage. Yeah. You there know? you go. Um, uh, I, I do. I, I think the only thing that needs to happen next is Daniel Descalso needs to be third base coach. I don't think that's going to happen, but like, let's just keep, the, keep this happening. Get that Memphis mafia over in, uh, over in, in Miami, the Miami yeah. mafia. Love yeah. it. Um, moving on, uh, Frank Kona wins AL manager of the year and Buck wins the national league manager of the year. We talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, for my money, Terry makes sense. The, the whole idea of Buck winning it is, is silly to me, but you know, East coast bias, Buck love, uh, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. This whole we, I guess, to me, the interesting thing is, and it made more sense that we learned today, is that Marmol was came in fourth, yeah. and actually had um, almost as many first place votes as the rest of these guys. Um, he just didn't get as much of the second and third place votes, which ended up making him pretty far down on the list. But he was right there with these guys and a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I just don't understand. And not that it really matters. This award is whatever. Um, but it just doesn't make sense to me that the team with a salary that or the, yeah, their, their payrolls like $250 million could be surprising to win a uh, hundred games. But here it, we are. Yep. The Mets. The Mets. The Mets factor. Yep. The Mets. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll continue to keep everyone up to date as the off season continues. Um, already seeing surprises. Teoscar, yeah. big surprise. So I expect we'll see a lot more of that through the off season. And so now we're going to wrap up the episode uh, with another dumb game. Last week we did, um, we basically did a little prediction game, and we tried to predict who would be the winners of all of these different um, awards, and they haven't actually all been announced yet but either way i thought it would be you know that game went so well last week i thought it would be fun and interesting <laughs> for us to uh to dive right back in oh sh- oh no dear god oh i had a whole thing planned oh god all right well now we know foiled by your own soundboard huh well, yeah wow the, uh then I'm afraid to say the card shark is back. It seems. Oh my so we're, God. We're, we're going to have to feed him. We have to feed the shard car, <laughs> shard car, <laughs> the card shark. All right. Get out of here. Soundboard. All right. I guess we're playing card shark because otherwise we're going to get eaten. So, I love being alive. So yeah, let's not. Yeah. So Ben, I've got a, a pack of baseball cards here. Okay. Um, the uh, tops. These were printed over. Uh, I'm still going off of some I bought last year. I'm gonna get some new ones once like the new the new packs come out. So these were bought uh, over the beginning of the 2022 season. So okay. um, a lot of it was printed during um, like before some of the moves and just mid season trades and things that happened. So uh, the way this game will work is I will uh, give you the name of the player and then you tell me what team they're on i will accept either what's printed on the card or the team that they moved to okay. in 2022 and then uh what position they play yeah 
is another point. So um, I feel good. Are you, are you ready? It's been yeah. a little while since we've done this one. I feel uh, smart. I feel um, pretty. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, well, let's prove how wrong you are. Okay. Uh, all right. We're starting off. Here's a fun one. Little known guy, Cedric Mullins. Oh, Cedric. Uh, I really, really like Cedric Mullins. He is the center fielder for the Baltimore Orioles. Very good. All right. And he good. Uh, so he good. What are the um, Orioles going to do this offseason? I hope they go get Carlos. I, I know that there's a lot of people trying to say they should get uh, DeGrom or like Verlander, yeah. you know, and just like do one of these high risk, high reward guys. Yeah. And either like win the AL East or get last place again. But yeah. like it'll, you know, still be fun. So um, I'm very supportive of that. They seem to be in a much better position than they were with their new group. So. Agreed. Uh, Kurt Suzuki. He just retired. Uh, I know last year he was with the Angels, um, and I believe the year prior to that he was with the Natinals. Um, and he's a catcher, and I don't really like him, so move on. <laughs> yeah, so he is. I, you are correct. On the card, he is Angels, and he is catcher. So mm-hmm. you are two for two. Wow. Um, Willie Castro. Willie Castro, ooh, dang it. He's had movement recently. I know. Oh, crap. He either was an Astro and is now a Tiger or was a Tiger and is now an Astro. I'm going to go with the first one. I think he was an Astro. He's now a Tiger. He's a middle infielder, uh, probably listed as a shortstop. Yeah, so he's a Tiger. Um <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> roar all right new rule you you have to if it's an animal you have to make the sound of the animal um was he an astro i thought he was no i don't think so unless it was in his minor league career oh okay well it doesn't matter because i was right so ha yeah uh he's listed as a second base and shortstop uh, why did i think he was an astro oh i'm thinking of nico goodrum nico goodrum was Okay. They're both switch hitting middle infielders. They were both on the Tigers, and now they're uh, Nico Goodrum is an Astro. Gotcha. All right, uh, Tyler McGill. Tyler McGill. He is a Met pitcher, um, reliever. Well, I'm going to give it to you. He is a he's a pitcher. Yeah, he's a starting pitcher. Yeah, he's not a reliever. Is he a so, Met? Yes, he is okay. a Met. All right, I'll take um, that. Good enough. You, you, yeah, he can, I, I think it'd be honorable to. I, I did specify relief pitcher, so I think I could be docked. Okay, I'll, I'll um, you know, I admit when I'm wrong, Nathan. Wow, dear boy. Uh, um, yeah, he actually, uh, if you remember, at the beginning of the year, he had quite the breakout. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, it started to kind of collapse after that. Um, he ended up with a five thirteen ERA. Bomb. Yeah. So, um, I think he got hurt too. So. Soft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Glasnow. 
Tyler Glasnow. Here's another name that I think would be a great conversational or a great a great person to talk about it being a future Cardinal. He is a starting pitcher for the Rays, future Cardinal. Unhealthy all the time, but man, he strikes people out. Yeah, I've always really liked Glass now. He's coming off of Tommy John and he just turned 29 a couple yeah. months ago. So um I think a great by low candidate, but you have to imagine everyone also knows that he is a great by low yeah. candidate, you know. Oft injured though, he might be cheaper than one might think. Uh but yeah, I yeah. don't know. Also, he That's looks exactly like Silly what, Murphy. <laughs> That's exactly what the Rays like though, is yeah. uh, you know, low um, value or low perceived value, but great execution. And yeah, they look like former, uh, Batman characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> Josh Reddick, Josh Reddick. He played for the Savannah bananas this year. Um, <laughs> I saw a video of it and he made an amazing diving catch. And I think he won the game on a, I think he walked off the game or sing, he maybe had a walk off single or something in the game that he played in. Who did he play for before becoming a Savannah banana <laughs> is a phenomenal question. Uh, obviously made his name with, well, he came up with the bow socks, uh, made his name with the A's and then ended his career with Houston. Did he play for a team after Houston? I am going to say he was, was he a twin? Maybe where did he go? Um, I'm going to say he ended his career with the twins and I don't know why that's in my head. I don't think, I think I might just be making that up. Well, he, you knew a surprisingly large amount of, about, uh, Josh Reddick to still get it wrong. Spider-Man. Yeah. He ended up with, uh, the Arizona diamondbacks. Oh my God. Well, of course I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. In 2021, he played in 54 games, getting 138 or Damn. 158 plate appearances. All right. Yeah. Uh, but you were right. It was Houston right before that. Okay. Um, you know, he spent uh, several years there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 All right. Alex Kirilov. Alex Kirilov. There's a twin for you. He is a, uh, I think he's washed out. Boo. Outfielder for the twins. I thought he was going to be um, a little more than he was. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, soft. Um, and he missed a lot of time. I'm going to show you this card. Look at that. Oh, Look how shiny that is. Hold on to that one. Yeah, it says... Um, I like Larnick over uh, Kirilov. Yeah. Uh, new generation, this card says. And it's all nice and shiny. Wow. wow. I can't believe you unpackaged it. You've devalued I know. it. Well, you have to unpackage it to know what it is. Fool. <laughs> All right, we're getting through this. Here's a fun one. Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom. Um, what a handsome I mean, what a jawline is is really what I mean to say. Yeah. Um, third baseman for your Chicago Cubbies. Yeah, what a interesting story. I know. know. Good Do defender, you feel like the power hitter. Say what? Yeah. Do you feel like the Cardinals whiffed on him? Is he one of those or is it just like, did the Cubs pick up on something like he doesn't get talked about as much when we talk about these guys who are like doing really well for other teams that were former Cardinals? I mean, is he that good, though? I don't think he's that good. Like there's so much swing and miss in his game. I mean, am I am I missing something like he's he his glove is pretty solid. He strikes out like crazy. 
Obviously, there's power there. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking up. He had a 102 OPS plus last year with a plus glove, like yeah. and 183 strikeouts. I, I think that he is a replacement level level major league player. You know, and I think perfect that's, for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many teams is he even starting for? So yeah, no, that's fair. no, I don't think so. Okay, how about? Mauricio Dubon. Mauricio Dubon. I am. Ooh. I th- mm, I'm not positive, so I'm just going to act confident. I believe he is a outfielder for the Giants. Yes. So his card has him as second base or outfield. So I'll give it to you. All right. Um, and yeah, Mauricio Dubon. Uh, born in Honduras where he was a neighborhood soccer star. Hey, well, he's a real life <laughs> uh, <laughs> United States um, baseball star. So, I mean, I guess pe- I think he, I think he peaked on the soccer field. <laughs> uh, Christian Javier, Christian Javier, uh, world series winning Christian Javier as a starting pitcher for the Houston Astros. My friend, that is correct. Breakout year. Yeah, very Man. good. Very good. That fastball. Yeah, he looks great. Stupid. People like the fastball. Everyone's talking about it. Stupid, sexy Astros. Mm. All right. Um, Ernie Clement. Ernie Clement. <laughs> good name. Sounds like a baseball <laughs> player name. for sure. Um, don't know him. So I'm going to guess that he is a relief pitcher for the angels wrong and wrong Mm. uh here let me read you the back of the card all right a polished hitter who rarely strikes out ernie impressed the cleveland staff at the alternate training site and instructional league last year he debuted as a pinch hitter in june 13th before collecting his initial knock two days later so he is a second base slash third base for the Cleveland Guardians. Is he a big leaguer? He, well, he made his uh, d- his debut on June 13th before collecting his initial knock two days later. So technically so, <laughs> he oh, was. Yeah. No, he, he's got 110 big league games. He's a big leaguer. Sorry, Ernie. Yeah. He has put a, he has gathered a negative 0.6 war. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Um, To be fair to you, at least i also had like, I did not know his name at all. He is apparently Um, now an Oakland athletic. mm, Okay. That classic guardians to athletics pipeline. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Stallings. Jacob Stallings, gold glove catcher for the Miami Marlins. I like Jacob Stallings. No player provides more big hits or offers more leadership to the Pirates than Jacob. Well, he was a Pirate last year, my friend, but no longer. Yep. Guided uh, Sandy yep. Alcantara to that insane season. He good. And finally... Uh, this one has the future stars oh. uh, logo running across it. No way. I won't know this person. He Brian Hayes. Hey, there we go. Uh, robbed gold glove robbed. From him. <laughs> um, the uh, starting some jump got it instead of him. 
<laughs> starting third baseman for your Pittsburgh Pirates. And also Very a baller. Good. Love, I love Key Brian. Yeah, he's great. Um, so you got uh, most of these correct. Missed a couple. Uh, Ernie, Ernie Clement. And a co- yeah. yeah, and then a couple positions on some yeah. of the other ones. So um, you got 22 out of a possible 26 points. I'll take that. Uh, so I think you satiated the card shark. Um, <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. So it's not going to eat you this time, but it'll yeah. get you next time. Yeah. So congrats, I suppose. Thank you, sir. Um, well fought. So that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. As always, again, consider checking out the Patreon. And uh, we'll be back next week, as always. Maybe we'll have some more Cardinal news. Maybe we'll do some more dumb shit. Probably a little bit of both. Uh, (laughs) Let us know if you have ideas for uh, topics or shows at Talk About Birds. So uh, thanks again, everyone. Until next week, go John Mazalak. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here anymore. (laughs) Peace.